This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUReview.com. Now... Here's today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 61 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal. With me as he always is, my good brother, Liam. Liam, we're kicking off, hard to believe, month of July already. Already, yeah. Brand new month here. And we've, of course, uh, we've switched gears. Last month we covered Superman. We ended the, our month of Superman with a very, very pivotal episode, not only for Superman the Animated Series, but for the entire DCAU, yep. which leads us into this week's episode. Liam, we, we're doing some Justice League this month. Yeah, we're, uh, we're breaking into Season 2 of Justice League. Still, for the time being, we're going we're gonna to wait a little while to get into Unlimited, but I uh, wanted to uh, break into Justice League Season 2, and what better, better way to do that than with the Season 2 premiere... That being Twilight Parts 1 and 2, and as you mentioned, we, we covered the Superman episode Legacy last week, and this is another dark, another chapter in the, uh, you know, incredibly epic and multiple shows spanning uh, Dark Side versus Superman and versus the entire DC Universe uh, storyline. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a great continuation, some interesting plot points, some crossovers, some, some pivotal plot points carried on from Superman the Animated Series, so yeah, well, I mean, what what better way to, to continue our, or to segue from our month of Superman into another series, but exactly. through carrying those threads through. So, uh, as you mentioned, we're doing Twilight Part 1 and 2, which was the season premiere of Season 2 of Justice League, so let's talk about the plot for the episode, Liam. You got a synopsis for uh, Parts 1 and 2 here? I have a synopsis for Part 1, and a different synopsis for Part 2. That's what I'm talking so. about. So... Yes, <clears throat> and the part one synopsis reads as such. Superman's nemesis, Darkseid, reluctantly asks for the Justice League's help in defending his world from Brainiac, forcing Superman to set aside their troubled past for the greater good. Which is, in fact, what happens. Yes. And then uh, part two synopsis reads as such. Darkseid reveals his true ambitions when he helps Brainiac capture Superman. Batman and Wonder Woman team up with the heroes of New Genesis to defend the planet from Darkseid's attack. Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl attempt to free Superman. That's a very in-depth, succinct, and to-the-point yes. synopsis, indeed. And that's basically the plot of the whole episode, as we, we open... Our work is done here. Yes. <laughs> uh, Show's we, over, everybody. But, uh, yeah, as far as the plot goes, yeah, it's, it's basically exactly what I just said. It's uh, Darkseid, we open it up with Apocalypse somehow... Uh, like, they're, I guess, in the middle of a, some kind of space battle, and they go into a, a, a galaxy that is off, supposed to be off-limits to Darkseid under the treaty with New Genesis that was first uh, talked about in Superman, and so his army is decimated by New Genesis as a result. Steppenwolf dies. Yes, Steppenwolf dies. Uh, Desaad ends up dying later, although Darkseid kills him. Yeah, Darkseid uh, decimates <laughs> his own people. See, but, I kill my own men. Right. <laughs> it's an excellent Mystery Men reference. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yes, and then from there, yeah, Brainiac shows up on Apocalypse, and it seems as though, uh, you know, Superman and the rest of the Justice League have to go defend Apocalypse, and despite Superman hating Darkseid and, and uh, you know, 
as we see near the end of the episode, willing to fight him to the death. He he sort of reluctantly agrees to go there. But one of the things I liked about it is that Superman's not an idiot in this no, episode. Like no. the whole time he's waiting for the shoe to drop. Yep. So when it finally does happen and he's betrayed, it's it's less of a oh no and more of a, I knew it. Right. Yeah. And it's almost he he almost he almost takes it out on on Batman. Batman's the one that has to has to sort of convince him in this episode that the right moral thing to do. So Batman is clearly somebody that bends the rules when it comes to morality sometimes. And not afraid to push the envelope, the gray in which his life is lived in. uh, Superman seemingly works in black and white. Yeah. Does occasionally, depending on, you know, if the, if he decides to stash a, uh, a known criminal <laughs> on a uh, island instead of sending her to jail. Right. As we discussed a few episodes ago. Yeah, okay, maybe here and there he'll bend the rules a little bit. But in general, Superman is a very black and white character. So, for Superman to make the moral pronouncement when Darkseid shows up at the Watchtower telling him that Brainiac is not only going to do what he did to a Krypton, but then after he steals the information, he, his whole planet will be destroyed. Superman responds with "Good." <laughs> you know, he's 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 not afraid to show his disdain, and Super, uh, Batman has to try and convince him in, in a way that you know he kind of appeals to him in a sarcastic, strong way, and saying, "Hey, yeah, you know, yeah, we get it. We know why you hate Darkseid, but you got to get over it for the common good here." Yeah. Because there are people's lives at stake here, right. regardless. So, yeah, it was, that's an interesting dynamic, and I think an interesting part of the plot here. That, And ultimately, at the end, the end of the episode, spoiler alert, at the very end of the episode, as Superman and Darkseid are battling to the death, Batman forcibly draws Clark away so that he's not... Basically saves Clark ultimately because we're not sure yes. what, what happened in the explosion. Whether or not an explosion could kill Superman or not, we don't know. But more than likely, Superman would have been hurt to the point where, uh, you know, right, something would have happened. Like you don't know what would have happened. But Batman saves him, and Superman's not exactly happy about it. No, that's the the ending line is uh, he he tells him, "Bruce, you're not always right." And there's a lot of watch, and one of the things I liked about that, and we talked about that maybe when we first started reviewing season one of Justice League, is and to help the show stand on its own, there isn't a ton of callbacks in season one to the previous series. Maybe a lot, obviously, like the Joker and Lex Luthor, and it, mm-hmm. and there's some minor, but for the most part, it's Justice League is season one is very much just its own tight knit adventure show featuring these superheroes, right. Uh, this one draws on so much of the history of the DCAU, as we mentioned from the legacy that we reviewed last week, to you can go back to through all those Dark Side and Superman episodes, and to the relationship that Batman and Superman have have had since World's Finest uh, years earlier. Like it really draws on a lot of that history, and to see Batman and Superman sort of uh, talk to each other in such a familiar way, and it's. And, but to get so, like, they're they're both, like, cutting into each other. Like, they know how to kind of hurt the other one or mm-hmm. to, to, you know, kind of get at the other one's ego yep. in, a, in a way. And you see that in, in part one, as you mentioned, when Batman's sort of uh, trying to convince Superman to help. And then at the end there, when, when Batman's kind of trying to give Superman some comfort and be like, hey, look, he's gone, it's over now, everything's done, and Superman just doesn't want to hear it. Right. So. Yeah, I thought that was that was an interesting dyna- dynamic. Beyond that, too, the 
the flip side, you have the two two of the biggest, most important villains uh, in D- in the DCAU working yeah. together in a dynamic. It's a very odd dynamic with the serious. I mean, they're both serious characters, but co- for some reason, Corey Burton's robotic brainiac going up against Michael Ironside's dark side. Just it works in such a weird way. Yeah. There's such a weird dynamic. And we'll talk a little bit more about yeah. that when we get to the voice performances. But it works in such a weird way. The characters themselves, clearly, they have mutual hatred for Superman. But Darkseid's not looking to destroy planets. He wants to rule planets. Brainiac just wants the information. And wants to kill everybody. So yeah, it. it I think uh, as far as plot is concerned, it was that that was an interesting wrinkle having two massive Superman supervillains working together for the common goal. And of course you're waiting for the shoe to drop also as the as the viewer as to when who's gonna turn on who first. Right. Supervillain team ups never end well generally. Nope. Nope. There's always somebody that decides they want to be in charge. And when it's it's weirdly satisfying when Darkseid finally turns on <laughs> turns on Brainiac and, and the, the, the whole whole playing sort of gets upset. Um, I really liked this episode's plot. I think it's done really well. It's fun. I think it does enough callbacks to previous series. Obviously, we're fresh off of Legacy and and a lot of Superman episodes, but it does enough callbacks where it feels familiar, but it also establishes some some stuff going forward that will be important later down the line in Unlimited and yeah. um, and reestablishes those characters of both Darkseid and Brainiac as important parts of the Justice League lore going forward. Uh, I gave Plot a 8 out of 10 uh, for my <laughs> score, and it sounds to me like that might be uh, something similar to what you scored it. Yes, I uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10, so I'm right in that same ballpark there, as uh, as we often are on our scores. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good, and there's also some nice it's really understated they're not hitting you over the head with it yet uh but there's a lot of uh subtle world building with hawk girl in this episode mm-hmm. of course the end of season two is is star-crossed and the Thanagarian invasion and all that um but there's a lot of you know the episode opens with hawk girl kind of being a little homesick and she's giving what we now know have you know having hindsight to be just a complete BS story right. to, Mar- to the Martian Manhunter about sort of her origins. And then uh, while they're kind of going through Brainiac's ship, you see all of these different uh, you know screens that have images of various uh, planets on them. And Martian Manhunter mentions, oh, uh, th- there, might be some, there might be some information about Thanagar somewhere on the ship. Mm-hmm. And Hawkgirl just very... I mean, and again, in the moment, it's not done over dramatically where it's very clear foreshadowing but she's like uh we gotta we just gotta focus on superman right now right we can't worry about that right now and right. it's subtle but knowing where we're going right. in the future it's such a it's a nice little bit of extra layering that they didn't have to do yeah but because they did it when you go back and watch this you know previous episodes are enhanced by uh, by knowing what you're uh, what you're going back for and i think that's one of the best things about the DCAU is being able to rewatch and notice things that come back later in the series, especially with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. That was one of the hallmarks of, of this series, I think, especially. Uh, and a lot of that comes, I think, from, from Dwayne McDuffie being hired as the, the head writer uh, during Justice League Season 2, and then, of course, all the way through Unlimited. And uh, just having those threads that 
build very nicely to the big crescendo of the you know the big epic space invasion at the end of the series. Yeah, the continuity is important to to the creators, and they know that it's important to the fans. So they did enough where they, like you said, they layered it very very well. One one plot point before we move on that we just mentioned that was pretty comedic was we were discussing as to who decided that there was going to be the base uh, Brainiac's base was going to be a giant asteroid shaped like Brainiac and Darkseid's heads combined. Yeah, cuz it's definitely like Darkseid's chin and eyes. Right. So we have to imagine there was like a conference call. Like I imagine maybe like Calavac was there, and <laughs> he's he's taking minutes. Yes, <laughs> he's got little glass. I think a scene like that actually happens in Tom King's Mister Miracle book, by the way, That's so where like him and Mister Miracle are like sitting at a conference table negotiating something. But, Tremendous. But yes, and we were just imagining like where Brainiac, where Brainiac and Darkseid come to this agreement, and Darkseid's like. All right, but first we need to carve my eyes and face into the side of this asteroid. And Brainiac's like, well, all right, but I also want my logo carved into the top of it, and that's how the tunnels will enter. <laughs> For you to enter will be in the shape of my logo. <laughs> and I just imagine the negotiating going back and forth as they're trying to decide what their evil villain lair will look like. It's so funny. It's so great. It was, <laughs> it was a very, like, that was a very, like, Subtle nod, I feel like, to Super Friends because it was, you know, it's such so ridiculous. Like yes. they went through the, they went through. First of all, thinking about it, Brainiac doesn't care. Like he's not going to create. He's not going to go through the process of carving a carving an asteroid into his face or into his logo. But Darkseid, you mentioned his ego is large enough to, for that to be commissioned. But when did he decide that this was going to be commissioned? How long did it take? <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions that we that I would ask Bruce Tim if, if yes. I ever got a chance to. Like, okay, in the episode Twilight, who carved the giant? asteroid, <laughs> and how long did that take? How long did that take? <laughs> yes, we need, some, we need answers. We need answers. Uh, but hey, Brainiac cares about his branding, so he had to make sure true. his logos are everywhere. Logo is everywhere. Uh, speaking of Bruce Tim, we should just mention as we're wrapping up plot yeah. here that the episode, both parts were written by Rich Fogel and Bruce Tim, so as you can tell, Bruce Tim definitely had a lot, definitely likes to be very hands-on when it comes to any of the, the fourth world uh, Kirby stuff. Totally and completely understandable. The The other plot point that we didn't really get a chance to talk about uh, as we move on here was the, the new gods, like Forager. Yes. being Forager is a person too, the new gods kind of realizing that the people on their planet that live below them are valuable also it's kind of a it was kind of a weird it was like the I, monarchy learned a lesson like there's a little bit of that like class or perhaps race right racial undertones to it but it's kind of it's kind of glossed over mostly because it, it doesn't to me it doesn't really fit it, yeah it's briefly mentioned in part one uh that they uh batman and wonder woman meet forager he saves them from uh you know, a giant lizard and then he mentions oh no i'm just a lowly bug and then yeah at the end of part two as uh, all of New Genesis has to evacuate in their Sky City. Uh, it's mentioned that Forager sort of protected and hid them in his hive during the storm until the storm passed. And High Father's like, "Hey, I guess I guess some people that aren't gods are all right too." Yeah, it was, it was a very. It's a. I, I didn't feel like it fit fit very well with the episode, but yeah, agreed. All right, moving on. Let's talk about music, Liam. Uh, music in this episode, I thought. Generally speaking, looking at comparing this to the fir very first uh, for the season one premiere, uh, which of course we covered back in the archives, music has completely shifted as far as I'm concerned. Sounds sounds a lot more comfortable, a lot more natural sounding, a yeah. lot more familiar. And in this episode, we get some 
because we have Batman, because we have Superman, we have some nods to the old classics. Yes. Played subtly in certain scenes, which I thought was fantastic. There is a... Actually, I, th- I thought that the the scenes with the New Gods and Forager and, and that very ending scene where they sort of reunite, I thought the music in that scene set a very interesting tone. I thought it mirrored very well, actually, with the music at the end of Apocalypse Now, like the, the very sad piano music. Like yeah. it, it, rem- it reminded me of that, except it wasn't it was a, a different tone. It was set, you know, it was a happy ending as opposed to a sad right. ending. But it was done. It was a good atmosphere that they set, I felt mm-hmm. like, for that scene. And, um, you know, it, Brainiac didn't get his standard Superman weird warbly sound <laughs> yeah. uh, in this episode. But the I felt $6 like, million dollar man type r- Right, exactly. Uh, noise, yeah. But I, I, I thought that the, the music set a great tone in, in almost every scene, especially in the battle between... Superman and Darkseid. I went ahead and gave music a, um, a a fairly strong seven out of ten. Yeah, I went six out of ten. I I liked it a lot. Um, uh, it's 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 good. It it holds back where I think it needs to hold back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole pl- and this maybe goes back into a little bit of plotting, but the whole thing to me feels very. It's paced very Star Wars esque to me. This whole two parter, mm-hmm. in the sense that we're cutting between you know this the 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 one on one battle to the big space battle. To the you know to the the individuals sort of running away on a po- on a, on New Genesis, just the way it cut always felt very Star Wars. So a lot of the background music I thought uh, felt very Star Warsy to me, like some mm-hmm. of the the you know the, the space battle scenes and like how the the score shifted. But then when it's just Superman and Darkseid, it's much more like a, you know one of the lightsaber duel scenes, sure, in uh, say Return of the Jedi or That's something, where the music is much more understated and and sort of used more to create more drama but yeah hearing uh hearing shirley walker's superman and batman themes again was uh was really nice and um and yeah i i thought they they did a really solid job with it overall i thought it was i thought it added where it needed to add and and didn't uh but didn't wasn't so overbearing either and and to that point i think there was not one specific scene where it was oh this is great so no. I, I can understand where it wouldn't. It's not. It's, yeah. it's not detrimental. There's nothing wrong with the score. It's just there was nothing that blew you away with it. That, that exactly. Like it's good, and I, yeah. I want to make it clear. I did like it. I just. I don't think. I don't. I wouldn't put this in sort of you know like the upper echelon sure. of, of you know great musical performances. Absolutely. All right. Let's take a gander at animation and visuals, Liam. Uh, there are some updated character designs, as we we sort of allu- uh, alluded to, or definitely alluded to in our reviews of some of the episodes from season one. Some of the characters have been redesigned. Superman lost his cheekbones. Wonder yes. Woman lost her cheekbones. Yes. Uh, we also have, so, with the return of Darkseid, we have uh, sort of an updated face for him. Some yeah. more detail. Hard, hard to tell whether or not that was just a decision to, to make it look more like the classic comic book, he does, or if it yeah. was be, as a result of the battle between him and Superman in the last last fight in Legacy. Hard to say. I will I say, I like that we can at least sort of logic it away. Like, yeah, he probably has more cracks on his head now. We can say, yeah, it's because Superman blew up his skull the last time we saw him. Right. So... There's at least some logic. Unlike, say, the Joker, who just didn't have lips for a while and had black eyes and then suddenly didn't. Yeah, that's kind of hard like, to explain. You know, that Dark Side's look is is still pretty faithful to uh, to to what he looked like in Superman. Yeah, maybe he's a little older, or yeah, he's been a little. Uh, he has a few more scars from uh, you know from his battle with Superman. 
But yeah, I, I like to look at him. Calabac, Desaad, Steppenwolf all look almost exactly the same. Yep. You know, maybe sharpened up a little bit just to fit more into the, the, the Justice League character designs. But Brainiac's colors, I feel like, are a little more dull, than, not as not as yeah. bright purple as, as usual, darkened mm-hmm. a little bit, which was which was good. Uh, I, th- I think that um, I think the visuals for this episode were, were really, really, really strong. Um, I, I, I I struggle to think of anything. I don't, you know, I think I just don't care. I didn't care for the New Genesis storyline so much. Yeah, so it was. It's very. It, I, There's some nice yeah. animation in that scene, like when yeah. Wonder Woman's uh, chasing Light Ray through the city mm-hmm. and. There's really cool, like sweeping shots as he's flying around buildings and stuff. So, right, I wouldn't say it's it's bad, but yeah, that's probably the least visually exciting part of the episode is when Wonder Woman and Batman are kind of just standing around in broad daylight, chatting yeah. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of that. So, agreed. Um, yeah, I, I think animation was strong in this episode. It, it's it's a it's a good good strong good looking episode. Went ahead and gave it a. Seven out of ten for the score. What yeah, you? yeah, I went eight out of ten. There's there's a lot of digital animation used as well. Some of the uh, some of the ships in space at the start of the episode. Some of the uh, when Superman's plugged into the whatever that he's they're using him as a conduit to power this uh, you know incredible energy weapon that they're trying to trying to make. Uh, all of the energy effects were appeared to be digital to me and mm-hmm. putting digital effects on top of a, a 2D drawn character I think can look a little dodgy a lot of times mm-hmm. but I thought they did an excellent job and the visual of Superman you know not so subtly in the crucifix pose <laughs> as uh, you know Superman's a Jesus al- yeah. a- allegory right, if you've never yeah. noticed yeah um, but with uh, yeah with all the energy coming on him the brainiac symbol on his forehead as he's sort of being tortured he you, you know, a, a sh- shot with so much energy, you see a skeleton and, and things like that. I thought that was all really good. And then, yeah, the, the final fight, uh, first the fight, I thought, it, as brief as it is between Darkseid and Orion, mm-hmm. it's really good because it's mostly Darkseid just beating up on Orion and, uh, and, and stuff like that. But then to go from that into this really physically, physical, angry, vicious fist fight between Darkseid and Superman... As uh, to end the episode is is that's all done really really well and mm-hmm. it's again it's just two guys wailing on each other but it works so well and you feel the emotion and of course it's I think it's also good for us because we just watched Legacy mm-hmm. so those type of emotions that you know where Superman's head space was in that episode is still so fresh to us mm-hmm. uh, that having that helped but yeah it's it's just so well done it's just so. You know, it's just these two men who hate each other more than anything. These two gods, you know, pounding on each other. It's it's really, really well done. Yeah, I concur. All right, Liam, let's move on to voice acting, our final category of the day. Voice acting, we have a jam-packed all-star oh, cast goodness, here. Oh, my yes. A lot of returning vets. First of all, the first voice you hear in the entire episode is the living legend himself, Corey Burton. Oh, yeah. Who does, like eight voices in this. <laughs> he plays Steppenwolf, Place. he plays Forager, he plays Brainiac. Yeah. I think he played a couple other people too, probably. Yeah, at least one of the, uh, I think he played one of the other, like, Apocalypse Soldiers or yeah. something as well. Or, Sounds about right. Um, Dude just is the goat. <laughs> oh, he's he's tremendous, and it's just so, it's so good to hear. Again, as we mentioned, after not having a, a lot of callbacks to season one in, in Justice League, to have uh, Corey Burton back and 
and uh, as he always does when he's in an episode playing three or four roles, is yep. uh, he's tremendous. Of course, you have Michael Ironside as Dark Side, who you know we've heaped so much praise on, and yep. he deserves it all. He he's tremendous in this episode. The dialogue between him and Superman is great. The the dialogue between him and Orion, I think, is really good when he talks about like, oh, I'm so glad that you didn't grow up soft and you make an old man proud and all that. It's so, uh, it's so, it's just great. It's just great dark side to the very last thing he says is he's about to die apparently, <laughs> which is to call Superman a loser for quote unquote running away from him. So, 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 so good. Yeah. I think, I think you're right with, with touching on Michael Ironside's performance. He has an opportunity, as we said, to interact with Corey Burton, which, as I already mentioned, is a weird... <laughs> because it's they're so starkly contrasted with their voice styles. Yes. You know, Burton is this robotic, cold, lifeless robot as Brainiac, and Darkseid is this menacing, evil... Just hardened... Shakespearean monologuing, yep. like, just over-the-top bad guy. Yep. And they get to interact together, and you, you get them, you know, bouncing back and forth off of each other, which is really good. You also get Michael Ironside and Ron Perlman, who's re- yes. who is uh, returning to the series, but this is his first time as Orion in Correct. the series. Uh, yes, a different actor played him in Superman, but I think he's a great Orion. Oh, he's, tremendous! He, I mean, he's such a he's such a great uh, voice actor in general, but really gives that gravitas to the. That relationship, and I think that is probably the most interesting part of the New Genesis stuff. Is once, you know, Orion is told by by the High Father, you know, don't don't engage, don't go attack Darkseid. I have to go sort of, you know, c- commune with the Source, and Orion immediately goes, all right, and then just leaves immediately right. <laughs> and, and goes to and goes to fight Darkseid because he just so hates this man and has wanted you know wanted a chance to get at him for so long. And hasn't been able to because of this treaty, and it's like now's his chance, and he takes it. Yep. Um, yeah, Ron Perlman's tremendous. You also have some in some more minor roles. You had uh, Rob Paulson, who of course uh, played Pinky on Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> I believe he was Yakko on the Animaniacs. Tons of other, uh, you know, War- I think he did voices on Tiny Toons. Like just a Warner Brothers animation legend. There you go. Um, uh, Rob Paulson as Light Ray, and uh, you had uh, Mitchell Ryan. Uh, as as a high father, uh, all all really really good. Um, and then yeah, of course we have the main cast. It's it's George Newbern's episode as much as it is anybody's as Superman. This is his. As, I mean, we didn't watch every episode of season one. Right. We watched a significant amount of season one. Yeah. And I felt like of the Newbern episodes that we've seen, this was his chance to flex and do show more emotion. He shows that underside anger and resentment and just being just fed the heck up with dark side. Yes. <laughs> and he does such a and like we mentioned that line that he has with with Batman at the end where you know you're not always right. He he communicates that side of Superman in a way not taking anything away from Tim Daly's performances as we've said, but he adds a, a little bit of an extra dimension I think to the Superman character with that ability to communicate that way. Yeah, and it plays I think so well because uh, in this version, it's so rare that we see Superman pissed off. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's good, I think, in general for the character because it really g- lends gravity to those moments 
when he just loses it and and wants to tear into somebody because it doesn't happen all the time. But yeah, uh, George Newbert is incredible. Uh, Kevin Conroy in, in a very much just a supporting role. Like we said, his his back and forth with Superman in this episode is really good. He, you get some Wonder Bat too yes, going that's on. True. That's uh, we a lot of quips, a yep. lot of bat quips in this episode. Yes, indeed. Um, and then I actually thought this was probably Maria Canales' best episode as Hawkgirl that we've watched uh, to date. Yeah, um, for sure. I thought she and uh, she and Carl Umbley, of course, as Martian Manhunter, did a. Uh, it, they're really paired up throughout both parts of the episode, like we said, uh, you know, talking about Thanagar and all that. And I thought I thought they did a good job together. And of course, rounding out the cast, you have Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, who doesn't have a lot to do here, nope. unfortunately, but. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought overall the main cast is good, and then to have such a star-studded and talented uh, guest cast, Tara Strong also did voice in the episode. She plays the the little girl that High Father legend. talks to. Yes, another another D, uh, DC animation legend. For sure. Um, just just an absolutely tremendous uh, voice cast. One of the most talented single episode casts I think we're we're likely to see ever. Uh, that's why I gave voice acting a ten out of ten. Fantastic. And would you believe it? I also gave voice acting a 10 <laughs> out of 10. For all those I reasons. Would believe it. Yeah, you would believe it. We're related, but we don't discuss our scores That's before true. we do this. We don't sync up. Independent. Independently decided that together. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that would bring us to the end of our episode, Liam. So let's, uh, let's t- uh, total up those scores. At the end of the day, it looks like I come up with a final score of. 33 out of 40. And my final is right in that same ballpark, 31 out of 40. Different scores, though. Different. Very, very different. Very different. But yeah, this is a, it's a gr- good episode. We talk about rewatchability. I think with the continuity, with the importance, especially with covering legacy and, and understanding what an important and pivotal episode that is to the DCAU. Plus, spoiler alert, this is not the last we see of either of these two characters, what? Brainiac or Darkseid. I think that this is a must-watch. Oh, absolutely. This, is, this, this sets the tone for... Again, it's not only, as you said, continuing previous storylines, but gives birth to uh, the fin- the season finales of both the first and second seasons of Justice League. So, huge, hugely important in in various ways to the uh, to Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and the entire entire DCAU. So, definitely a must watch. Awesome. All right, Liam, that will bring us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for checking us out. As we always say, it is always appreciated if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes while you still can, while iTunes is still a thing. Is that still a thing? I think now it's called Apple Podcasts or something. On Apple Podcasts, if you can find us on there. I'm not an Apple guy, but if you find us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review, if that is indeed still a a thing, please do. (laughs) Also, don't forget you can subscribe to us on Google Podcasts. There's a lot of other podcast streaming services out there if you google dcau review whatever whatever your podcast app that you use i imagine that you will probably be able to find us on there and stream us don't forget you can also check out the archives liam at dcaureview.com yeah and just recently we added a new category by we i mean you added a new category (laughs) called uh, the top pick section which is every episode we've ever done where one of us at least gave an episode a 37 
out of 40 or the higher. The best of the best. The, exactly. The upper it's, echelon, if you will. And uh, and thanks to last week's very high-ranking episode of Superman, there's at least one episode of all four of the main shows in that category now. So Which you pointed out, which I right. which I is pretty cool to think so, about. Yeah, if you want to look at our, you know, our favorite episodes of Batman, our favorite episodes of Batman Beyond, Superman, Justice League... You can find, as I said, at least one representative from each of the of the main four shows. So, check that out. Check out all our past episodes. You'll go back and hear our, our earlier Justice League episodes. It's very easy to navigate the website, and you can search by tags, by show, by villain. If you want to listen to the entire Dark Side side, we've covered every Dark Side appearance uh, uh, to date, yep. with the exception of obviously the, the ones that come later. So, everyone in order. So if you just want to hear the, the entire DCAU Dark Side Saga in order, you can search by villain. Uh, but de- definitely check out our archives there, and yeah. uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Don't forget, Liam also runs our Twitter page. Follow him at DCAU Review. A lot of great stuff happening over there. We love our community. We just crossed 300 followers, by the way. Get Thank the you, guys. Yeah, that is huge. We, it feels like just yesterday we were begging people to yes. follow us at 100, so that's, uh, that's huge. Thank you guys for the love and continuing to be a part of this awesome community. We love being a part of it. We love your feedback, too, so go ahead and tweet us at DCAPW. So until next week, I am Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on that next week's episode. Bye-bye.